Hi guys, Paul from the Innovation Community here. Today I'm with Andres Garcia Ayala, who is the Group Workforce Planning and Insights Manager with Legal in General. Now Andres is a data-driven HR professional and recently took a position helping LNG's workforce strategy. So uh, great to have you with us. Thank you, Paul. I hope that this will be an interesting chat for the audience as well. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about yourself in a few words to begin with. Yeah, so I have a background in psychology, and I think that drives a lot of my interest in human behavior. Um, and I love uh, technology and innovation. So I am a very curious person, and I ask lots of questions of the data, but also of people. So where did your career with data really start? It seems like two different, uh, you know, <laughs> two different career paths. Sure. So actually, in the psychology degree, uh, we had statistics modules. And I just love them. I was probably the odd apple in the tree. And that got me into research. Um, and from that perspective, I got very interested into organizational psychology. And uh, that led me into human resources. So when I finished the, the degree, actually, I keep on analytics, which is my field, my discipline, had not emerged yet. So I started uh, working in roles more related to reward and benefits. So how much you need to pay employees and all that stuff, and also HR systems. So the, the core HR information systems, which has been a perfect foundation for me to jump into people analytics, which emerged properly as a, as a, as a new discipline as I started uh, my first years uh, of my career. So how have you seen the, uh, let's say the rewards compensation side of things evolve into people analytics? Yes, yeah, so I, I would say that um, reward and HR systems were very well established and traditional areas within human resources. So it was more that um, data science has disrupted many sectors and many industries and, and disciplines, including human resources. And it was already time for <laughs> HR to be disrupted in, the, in that way. And in that sense, uh, people in analytics started merging um, data from the different areas within HR and also bring a new mindset about how we look at information and how we link people data also with business data and even external data as well. So I would say that um, reward is now playing alongside people analytics. So what are you up to in the current role then? Hmm. So in this new role at Legal and General, which I started uh, quite recently, I have three pillars. So the, the first one is uh, driving the people analytics strategy. And that, in essence, is uh, looking at our people data and trying to inform business strategy using that information. But also, you need to link it with business data and with external data. And uh, I like to see that role as having a helicopter view in which you are the expert about people data. You sometimes put your detective hat and deep dive into it. But sometimes you are also an internal consultant for the business about what are the possibilities of people data. So that would be the first pillar. The second pillar is a strategic workforce planning, which in a sense looks at the business strategy and vision. And from that perspective, you start thinking about what is the shape, size, and texture of the workforce that you need to deliver that business strategy. And that is very exciting because it is it's pretty much about long-term strategic thinking, which I love. And then the third pillar, which I think is critical for the other two ones to uh, happen properly, is about capability, which is about bringing 
others along the journey. Uh, and, and sometimes with uh, innovative functions, you can uh, feel the need to go really fast, but if you don't bring others in the journey with you, then at some point you will, you will look at the sites and find that you are by yourself, not making any impact, not, not making anything meaningful to the business. So those are the three pillars. That, that final one is a lot about partnering, uh, having conversations with uh, colleagues uh, within and outside of HR, also delivering training uh, and, and raising the possibilities for your team about what we can do with people data. So what really interests you about working in the data space in general, but also specifically within HR and people analytics? So that's a, that's a great question, actually. Um, I guess that in terms of data, uh, as I said, I'm a very curious person. So I think that the best way to find answers is to uh, look at data and deep dive and, and slice it in different ways. Um, but also asking your colleagues or your stakeholders, what do they want to get out of that data? That, that, that's where for me it gets interesting and meaningful. And why I am working in people analytics and not perhaps, I don't know, finance or marketing analytics is that, uh, that probably that background I have about psychology in which I'm fascinated by human behavior. So I, I, I love everything related to uh, the dynamics of groups and how employees uh, perceive um, and have different experiences in the workforce. And that combination of the hardcore data plus that vague abstract human nature for me makes people analytics a, a very unique field that actually for me is more creative because uh, sometimes when you look at uh, hard data, let's say from operations, it's a bit more black and white. But when you involve human nature, human behavior, you need to be more creative to come up with the right way to explore that information. So how have you seen people analytics as a function adapt and change during COVID-19? Hmm. Actually, I would say that it's both. It has not changed, but it has massively changed. And what I mean by that is that we are doing exactly the same thing as before, which is um, trying to be relevant with our people data to the current landscape and context of the, of the organization. And of course, now in the lockdown and coronavirus uh, season, and that is a lot about how we as an organization and as a workforce react and, and learn the right lessons uh, of this period so that we can move to the future in the right way. So, for instance, uh, as a couple of examples, um, we have, um, and this is for probably all organizations in this period, we have uh, gone to our employees and launched uh, an employee listening survey to get what is their experience as of now. And from that point of view, after listening to their voice, we are more equipped to design the future of work. So what are the things that we want to be as an organization uh, based on what has worked really well in this season and things that perhaps are not working that well? Makes a lot of sense. So what are some of the major successes that you've achieved over your career linking you know, HR, psychology and data? Right. So... Probably one of my proudest moments uh, has been moving from uh, Deloitte, a consulting uh, business, to RSA about two years and a half ago. And in essence, I was tasked to start from scratch a new people analytics uh, function. So for me, that was very exciting. Uh, I, I, I was feeling that entrepreneurship vibe about the, the, that uh, task. And it was a really rewarding experience because I, I was quite uh, young, I would say. So but I was bringing a lot of new ideas to the organization and I, I was not only trying to bring best practices in terms of how to 
analyze data and to apply data science, but also it was a massive learning curve for me in terms of the, the cultural side of innovation. Uh, how to uh, bring your stakeholders with you, what works well, what does not work that well. And that experience has been uh, really important for my career, uh, but also after I moved from RSA, my previous employer, to my current position, I was very proud to reflect and see the, the, the maturity since we started that function to where we got to two years and a half later it was a, a really massive improvement. And actually now that, that's a very solid function that is running by itself and everybody involved in that team is, is delivering at a very a high standard. So what did you find were some of the best practices and common pitfalls with, with implementing that whole new system with, with all that responsibility, all of the expectation as well? Hmm. I, I guess that probably the major um, pitfall that I can see, at least in, in myself, and this is a tendency that I have uh, recognized, is that uh, I, I like uh, innovating at, at a very fast pace. And uh, if you go by yourself, again, you do not bring others along the journey. And um, when you are innovating in areas that are going to have an influence and impact in, uh, in your team, but in the wider team as well, uh, you need to co-create things. You need to uh, gather the input of others, uh, make sure that they feel comfortable with the final uh, product. And if you do not that correctly, then you will end up creating something fancy and sophisticated that looks great, but it's not useful. And I have had that mistake in the past and I have learned from that. So now I'm trying to be much more collaborative in the way in which I approach innovation. And how are you currently leveraging technology to your advantage and what effects do you think this will have on the landscape? Mm-hmm. So I think that technology is a core part of any data role. In a sense, data flows through that technology and, and, and then the, the processes linked with that data happen through technology. And, and usually the user experience comes on the back of that technology. So for instance, when I joined uh, Legal and General uh, recently, one of my first priorities was to get very familiar with the technology landscape that we have. Because in essence, that is giving me a, um, a proper idea of what, are the, what is the art of the possible, what are the possibilities. And for instance, now when I engage uh, with stakeholders in a new project, I, I have a proper understanding of what where we do we have the, the right platforms to store that data? Do we have it already accessible? Uh, can we automate the process? And uh, do we have the right capability to leverage that technology? And, and I think that is critical to, to understand that so that you know what you can deliver through data. They are very intertwined in my, in my mind. And as a, a, a people analytics and psychology leader, how would you describe your leadership style? I'm sure there's a lot of lessons learned there. <laughs> So actually, I, I love, um, probably it's, it's a similar uh, approach to coaching. I love asking questions and piece out the answers in the, in the people that I'm leading or, or even working with. I think that leadership is not just about a vertical downward line. It's about being able to influence horizontally and upwardly as well. And uh, in that sense, uh, I love asking questions. Uh, I, I, uh, and, and I think that shows respect to the people that you are working with, uh, because in a sense you are, through your question, you are saying, I know that you have some input to provide uh, to the table. And, and, and probably that comes from the, on the back of my experience in the past of not being that collaborative. And, and now I have this mindset. So I like to come uh, together to uh, the final decisions or, or, or major um, agreement points. 
So how do you engage and communicate your ideas with senior leadership as well? I think that's pretty key. Mm-hmm. And I think for that one, it's a twofold approach in, in my mind. I think that on the one hand, you have the pre-arranged platforms in which you can engage with them. So let's say you have your uh, weekly or monthly leadership meetings in which you can provide some input um, or you have your one-to-ones with uh, certain leaders in your organization. So of course, be, being planful about those opportunities is critical. Uh, but also, uh, when you have um, top-down requests from your leadership team, uh, those are opportunities in themselves to engage with them. So, for instance, uh, not in every project, but in, in the critical ones, I love to go above and beyond because that's, that's an opportunity to uh, not to engage them in an okayish way, but to actually build a relationship and showcase that actually there are, there are even more possibilities to what they are requesting from you. So I think that those two are the critical ways in which I engage with my leadership teams. A big question I think will be on everyone's mind is you started your new role uh, right at the height of COVID. Uh, how has that really uh, changed your, you know, are you working from home more? Are you, are you liaising with the team? How's that gone? Actually, that, that was quite funny because I, I started the new role in the middle of the lockdown season. So literally me changing jobs was changing my hands from one laptop to another whilst I was wearing slippers. So <laughs> that was a, a quite a strange picture for, for me. Um, and and I, I would say I was a bit apprehensive uh, beforehand, before starting the new role about the, the idea of, will I be able to connect well with my new team, which for me is something quite important. Um, and I have found that actually the usage of a camera uh, is, is critical. And in, in my, at least in, in all my first uh, meetings with uh, my new colleagues, I made sure that I was using the camera and I found that they ended up using it as well. And that enabled us to build a, a, a good connection. I still love and prefer the face-to-face coffee chat. I think that, that, that nothing beats that. However, I, I have felt connected and I have felt able to deliver with a, a high effectiveness uh, working from home. So I have been working from home um, five days per week uh, since I started a new role. Um, Actually, I do enjoy a lot, a lot of it. In my mind, I think a blended approach of uh, mostly working from home and uh, having some, let's say, collaboration, brainstorming uh, time with your team face-to-face is the, is, the, is the way that I would like to, uh, to be uh, going ahead. What's your top working from home tip then? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, actually, the, the, the first days in the lockdown, I was working in pyjamas. Uh, and I, I changed uh, that tactic uh, a few days after, and I uh, like to dress not, not not super fancy, but in a different way. And that that step of taking the time to change your clothes, at least for me, it really helps me to move into a different uh, mindset, and, and uh, it helps me to I don't know feel different <laughs> in that day. So that, that that that's probably my my top tip. Uh, it has worked really well for me. And do you have a routine? And if so, what does that look like? Hmm. So actually every day what I do in the beginning before even thinking about uh, work is uh, I, well, I, I believe in God. So I spend some time uh, reading the Bible and praying. Uh, and, and that for me is a super important uh, time in the day. Um, and then after that, I do some exercise. Um, not every day, but I try to. <laughs> And I, I feel that those two things really help me to uh, feel much more comfortable and energized. 
uh, and with a, a proper uh, mind song. And then after that, I, uh, well, of course, I get uh, sour, have breakfast, and, and, and those things. I send some WhatsApp messages to my friends, and then I start my work routine. Uh, what I like to do at the very beginning of my work routine is to uh, plan um, and, and see my calendar for the day, the calendar for the week, uh, see if there are any crazy emails that have uh, popped up in the, in the hours in which I was sleeping. And, and I always have a notepad next to me. Uh, I love lists. So I list down my key objectives for that day. And uh, I have learned to uh, make myself accountable to that list that I uh, write in the morning. And that really helps me to be on check and, and to deliver something uh, meaningful every single day. It's a very smart approach. What do you think the biggest mistake you made during your career was? Yeah, I, th- I think I referred to it uh, earlier. That, that mindset of flying solo and not bringing others along the journey uh, is, is, it was a tendency that I noticed that was not, uh, not healthy uh, and, and that uh, led me to, in some cases, uh, build things that were good in themselves, but uh, because they were not understood or they were not relevant, then it was a lot of work thrown to the bin. Uh, and, and also, um, you need to build relationships. And I think that that's something that I have uh, uh, realized that I need to approach things differently. Uh, and you can only build those healthy relationships that then you enjoy a lot in your daily work if you uh, partner and co-create uh, things and, and bring others along the journey. What's the uh, best piece of advice you ever received? Hmm. So I, w- I will mention the, 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 a recent one that was very useful for me. So when I joined Liga in general and I met my director, uh, one, I actually asked her, what, what do you recommend me in, in these first weeks and, and months? And she said, actually, Andres, uh, I, I think that if you manage to deliver something uh, relevant in the first three months that you uh, can feel that you have actually added some tangible value uh, to the team and the business, that will do you a lot of good. Uh, and, and that really got stuck in, in my head. And actually, um, after the first week, uh, I got the opportunity to get my hands into uh, this employee listening uh, survey project. Um, and I took by heart that, <laughs> that advice and I, I gave it all in that project. And actually, that has become a, a really uh, fruitful project that is helping us to uh, inform the strategy for the future of work. And what are you curious about right now? Hmm. I'm very curious about um, whether organizations and society in general will be able to uh, learn the right lessons from this uh, pandemic uh, season. Um, as I said, I, 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 I believe in God, right? And, I, and for me, God, what he does is he turns evil into good. And that mentality, I like to apply it uh, to things in, in life. And I see that we have gone through a, an evil in terms of uh, health, in terms of economy, um, but there are many good things that we can uh, draw and learn from about this situation. And for instance, um, potentially more work from home uh, and, 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 and the good balance in that sense could be something that uh, will be massively helpful uh, for the mental health and physical health of individuals. Um, and I'm very curious about whether we'll be able to grasp that opportunity as a society uh, but also all the ripple effect that it can have in, let's say, the property market. Because, for instance, if people start working from home, uh, then potentially the big cities will have less people wanting to work there, and that will have an open effect in 
the property market and the economy and so on and so forth. And who's your favorite thought leader or author? Yeah, so it's actually Jesus in the Bible. And, and the reason being uh, is that I see him as uh, someone that is a constant challenger of, of the status quo, but that was able to actually uh, do, in, do it in a way that was um, loving and, and able to bring others in the journey. And actually the impact that he has had in history for me is amazing. So for me, that he, he's my role model in that sense. And what is your favorite quote? Yeah, so I, I love the quote of um, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. And, and it, it links again with the concept of uh, turning evil into good and, and bringing out opportunities out of challenges. Um, I, I can see how, uh, even at a personal level, difficulties that I have gone through in my personal life, uh, I was able to learn from them and, and grow a lot through those uh, difficult periods. So. I think that way, I, I, I love seeing challenges as opportunities in a nutshell. And last question, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in HR and people analytics? Hmm. I think curiosity is key, uh, asking lots and lots of questions. Uh, and, and I mean this in, in different angles. So asking themselves, why do they want to work in this career? I think that's, that's quite important. Uh, asking the right questions to the data and then being accountable to, <laughs> to that thinking. So if, 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 you are, if you know that you can get something of value in the data, then really work hard to get that piece of information and do not compromise in that sense. Uh, but also ask your stakeholders what are they expecting or what they would love to see from that data or your piece of work. I think that uh, that mentality of being curious and, and uh, asking questions is something that really helps you to uh, draw value from different angles and different people and, and it makes you grow faster. Fantastic advice from Andres Garcia Ayala, Group Workforce Planning and Insights Manager for Legal in General. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I have really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.